Now, we've all heard the term in recent years of our our carbon footprint. That's a big deal in in political circles, our, our carbon footprint, because, you know, climate change and all that. But how big is your how big is your digital footprint? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. So let me put it another way. How how large is your digital dependency become these days? And that's a legitimate question for many, sometimes even myself included. We don't realize how much we now depend upon this digital age. Now, many people get on the radio with programs, something like mine, and they warn you about the digital ID like it's something way in the future. And beware. The truth is, in many ways, it's already here, and we've gradually um, accepted much of it. Younger generations, that's all they even know. I've shared this before on the radio program that I go back to when I first got married back in 1975. And it was a big deal. I had a checking account and we paid the water bill, the gas bill, the light bill, went to the grocery store, used cash or a check. That's it. We didn't have, I didn't use credit cards, debit cards or any of that. If I didn't have it, we didn't buy it. We never... We never really used credit for stuff like that till it came along years later. What a grocery store. It was a big deal. If you're old enough, can you remember a time that grocery stores didn't take credit cards? Wasn't that many, many years ago in, in truth. Most only took checks or cash. And then they finally decided the credit card came of age for a grocery store. And a younger generation, let's say those of my children's age and definitely grandchildren age, this is the world that they know. When they buy anything, they pull out plastic, not cash. Whether they're going in debt or paying it out of their account directly is immaterial. They don't use cash. And it's amazing how many young people today If you hand them cash, if they don't have the computer to tell them how much change to give you back, it's a very difficult process for many. We're being moved to a cashless society, whether we recognize it or not. A lot of my old friends in radio from decades ago, some of the old timers lament, you know, AM radio was great back in the day. Why can't it be great again? It's because we have a generation of people that are impatient. They're not going to listen to AM or FM, for that matter, to wait for their favorite song, to wait to find out what the weather or the news is going to be. Why wait when they can use their phone and get instant access to the information they want, the time of day, the weather, the temperature, anything they want to know? It's on their phone. And increasingly, they're using their phone apps to to make purchases in stores or online. The world we knew a half century ago is over, and it's not coming back. Now, this push to be totally digital in the distant future has got its it's got its concerns for me. Once we tie everything about who we are including our social credit score into a 
digital system, everything we have is at risk. In other words, if you want to support your church or even this radio ministry, the day could come that the government will know that you did it and how much you gave. It won't matter. I mean, they will want to know. And they'll decide what you can spend your money on someday, and it's coming sooner than you think. Today, society seems to demand we spend more time online than we ever have before, and increasingly so as the days and years come forward. Well, Jim Calhoun is filling in for me today, and he's prepared a program that deals with the stresses we face in life, including our our digital stresses and the things that get in the way of the things that are most important. And so I gladly and wholeheartedly turn the program over to Jim Calhoun. Thanks, Bob. And it's great to be back on Truth to Ponder. And I'm really excited that the time is growing near for the new transmitter to be 100% up and operational. I know Bob has a lot of big plans, and he shared quite a few of them with me. And I'm on board 100%. I'm really excited for Bob. I'm really excited about the growth of Truth to Ponder, not only as a podcast, but as a broadcast worldwide. And I really feel that God is blessing this program. And I hope that this program blesses you. Because right now we live in a world that we're not seeing a lot of blessings from the world headed our way. And of course, all true blessings do come from God. So if we're looking to be blessed by the government or blessed by people in general, but it's the blessings that we receive from God that really count. Every time I get ready to guest host on Truth to Ponder, I have to really search my spirit to see what God is moving my heart to say. And and I truly feel that God has put it on my heart to talk to each and every one of you today about handling stress. It seems like this world we live in today is just horribly stressful. Nobody seems to be as civil as they used to be. People are really quick to anger, quick to assign blame to people, quick to have a knee-jerk reaction over the smallest of things. And I've experienced that many times in my life. But it seems like lately, I've had that experience more often than ever. I think that road rage is on the rise. And bullying, I know, is on the rise. And man's inhumanity to man seems to be on full display. And there's lots of people that are cheering this on. I know that almost every episode I have to take a really big shot at the mainstream media. And this show is going to be no different. It seems like the mainstream media right now is war-hungry. And anytime you beat the drums of war, you add stress beyond belief to many people. And I've noticed lots of people are unplugging. They're tired of it all. And I also know that suicide is way, way up. So people are feeling desperate. They're feeling alone. 
They're feeling persecuted and they feel just massive amounts of stress. And I think a lot of our stress has to come from our lifestyle. We've been addicted to many things. And the things that we're addicted to, some of it's really not our fault. That the people that design the internet and design the smartphones and Facebook and all these social media sites, they weren't designed by chance. They were designed by people that really know human nature and how to control and how to manipulate so people do become addicted to their product. And I've heard that even some fast food restaurants put chemicals in their food to make you addicted to them. And so I know this world has many addictive things, and that adds to a lot of stress. I'm going to ask this question of the older viewers. How many times were you in your home back before cell phones and the phone would ring and you'd be disgusted by it because you were in the middle of a movie or you were cooking supper or something and sometimes you wouldn't even answer it. You just let it ring. You never got upset by missing that call. And then when answering machines were developed, it was simple. You just let your answering machine answer the phone call. But you never got angry about it. But it seems like right now, if someone's phone rings, people seem to just drop everything they're doing and just rush to their phone, pull it out of their pocket and answer it quickly. And they text when they're driving and they just can't leave it alone. It seems like that it's like an umbilical cord. People have to be attached to it or else they just can't live. And the younger people are, I think, more guilty than the older people. But you don't hardly see anybody not take a phone call. Now, they'll look and see who's calling, and if it's someone that they don't want to talk to, of course they won't take the phone call. And it also seems like that people don't respect other people's privacy. And so they call at 4 in the morning, or 6 in the morning, or at midnight. Or some other time that is actually quite rude. But it seems like we live in a 24-7 information age. So people have to be online. They have to be on their smartphone. They have to be calling someone or texting someone all day long. And believe it or not, that does not help with stress. Because there's been many times... When I've had a, just a beautiful day, I'm out there in the sunshine working in the nice cool breeze, the birds are singing, and I'm in the middle of nowhere, and the phone will ring, and I'll answer it, and it'll be someone with a crisis. And I imagine that most of the listeners of Truth to Ponder have noticed that the world is full of drama queens and drama kings everywhere. It seems like that's rampant right now. And so I'm out minding my own business, and I get a phone call, and it's like, the sky is falling. You've got to help. And it'll be something as simple as, I can't find a parking place. Literally, people are freaking out over the strangest things and the smallest things. 
And so I would recommend to everyone, be sane about how you use your technology. Learn to shut it off. Go outside and get some fresh air. Get some sunlight. Get some exercise. Play with the kids or the grandkids. If you don't have any of those, get a dog or a cat. Play with them. Live your life as God intended people to live. We're social animals. We're not the lone wolves that we think we are. We're very much herd animals. We have about the same herd instinct as cattle. We don't like to think of ourselves that way, but it's true. And all of this non-touch, often the distance, text or voice over the phone, or if you do FaceTime, that does not make up for the fact that we're herd animals and we have to see each other and see the smiles and the body language. That's how we're designed. And as a side note, that's one reason the face masks that were so ill-advised for people to wear did so much harm, especially to the children. There are children now that their development is so stunted that I wonder what's going to happen within this whole generation of kids that are now between 4 and 12 years old. The people with their mandates have really messed that generation up. I've seen kids that are just totally terrified of other people now. I've seen kids that hide behind their mask and that stunted them mentally and emotionally. And so if you're still putting a mask on or putting a mask on your kid, please stop. It's not helping you at all. As a matter of fact, it's very much adding to your stress. And when I see one of these masked COVIDians running around, I avoid them because they all look strung out. All you have to do is look at their eyes. There's a lot of wild-eyed people wearing masks out there. And I think they've been damaged. I really do. Now, we as a society, we have to love these people, and we have to do our best to bring them back into the fold. But the mainstream media is doing their best to terrify everybody. And when you're terrified, you're under enormous stress. And when you have stress, you bring it into your home. All of a sudden, the kids start fighting and the parents start fighting and everyone starts fighting over nothing. Because you brought that stress into the home. And it's almost impossible not to bring that stress into the home. Because you go to the store and the shelves are empty. You have to pay way too much for your gas and pay too, and pay too much for whatever you're buying. Inflation is just eating everyone alive. There's lots of money problems. And it's a known fact that one of the number one reasons that marriages end in failure is because of finances. And now we're seeing financial troubles that are going to rival the Great Depression, if not even surpass that, if they're not kept in check. And I really don't think we have anybody worthwhile in government that has any power that is going to do anything about it. 
And even if they tried, I don't think they're capable. I think that we have the dumbest bunch of politicians we've ever had, both Republican and Democrat, and also the few independents that are in Congress. They're dumber than a box of rocks, too. Seems like they all got their hands out to try to put money in their own family's bank accounts. Nancy Pelosi comes to mind. Then you have people like Mitt Romney and people that are just disgusting like him. Then you have Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates and all these Satanists and globalists telling you that within the next eight years, you'll own nothing and be happy. Have you noticed that nobody talks about the American dream anymore? That's because we're supposed to own nothing and be happy. We've had the rug pulled out from under our feet, folks. Really bad. But some of us have seen what they were going to do, and we've stepped off the, and we've stepped onto the hard floor before they pulled the rug. Now we're looking at these people and seeing who they really are and what they really are. Unfortunately, we have a lot of zombies out there that are brainwashed that are going to go along with everything that is detrimental to them. And so it's stressful watching other people that you love and respect be zombies and be deceived. It's really stressful. And I know I, for one, was really stressing out over the fact I wanted to wake people up. I wanted to get them up out of their slumber and wake them up to what's really happening. And the more I would try, the more frustrated I'd get and the more stress I felt. And there's that old saying, never teach, never try to teach a pig to sing. It'll frustrate you and annoy the pig. Now, I'm not calling people pigs, but I'm just using that as an analogy. But some of these people don't want to be awakened. And some of the people, I think God has given them a delusion. And some of the people, honestly, are for the Great Reset. They're awake, and they know what's happening, and they're cheerleading it. And so you're not going to be able to go out and change the world by getting everyone to wake up and see things the way you see them. So if you're one of those who's trying to change everybody, well, for your own health, you're going to have to quit doing that. You can suggest it to people that you know are open to it. But other than that, people are kind of where they're at because that's where they want to be. Unfortunately, that seems to be the truth. I've talked to so many people lately that are so out of it that they don't know anything about anything that's going on as far as as far as the world condition or even the condition of their neighborhood. All they care about is their video games and coffee and cigarettes. That's it. The only thing that they have ambition to do is to go buy a new video game or go buy a cup of coffee somewhere. You suggested these people that they need to prepare. They look at you like you're from Mars and shake their head and say, nah, no, nah, it'll work out. So how do you deal with people like that? 
Unfortunately, you just have to let them go. Because that is their true mindset. And you don't want to have those kind of people bring you down. There was a gentleman that passed away here last year. His name was Roy Masters. And Roy was kind of out there with some of his philosophies. But Roy Masters was fun to listen to because he always had something that was totally off the wall. And I really respected him because he was his own man. And he came up with a theory that I heard clear back in the 1990s or late 1980s. And his theory was the world is full of vampires. You have energy vampires. They're the people that every time that you're around them, you just feel tired. And you have the joy vampires that seem to suck the joy out of the room when they walk in. And you have people that are money vampires that seem to always come and want to borrow money from you. And so you kind of get where I'm going with this. The world is full of vampires. Not the blood-sucking kind, but they tried to suck the life out of you in a different way. And his philosophy was, all you have to do is identify these people. And when you identified what kind of vampire you're dealing with, they no longer had the power to take the joy out of the room or or make you feel guilty because you didn't give them a $20 bill or what have you. And so I started doing that decades ago, and it does work. And right now, the world has got more vampires than I've ever seen. And then the drama kings and drama queens, you add that, you have a perfect recipe for massive stress all the way through society. And unlike the 1930s, where we had real men and real women that were able to handle real problems in an adult way, right now we have people that don't know whether they're men or women, and most of them don't want to grow up. I see people that are 65, 70 years old that are trying to be 20. I get that because I'm almost that age group myself. And I really do realize that you're only as old as you do feel. Some days I feel pretty old. But inside, I'm still just me. And so I really don't feel that age has changed me at all. But some people, age is really stressing them. They look in the mirror and they see a person they don't even recognize. And I'm one of them. I look in the mirror and say, who's that geezer? I know lots of people do that. But I don't let it stress me because I know that's the natural way the things are. That's how God designed us. So I'm just following God's natural plan, and I'm not going to fight it. Now, I do understand that you need to stay healthy, so I am doing my best to stay healthy, and I'm trying to look as best I can. But there are people that absolutely will stress over it. And they get all sorts of surgeries and all sorts of makeup and all sorts of alterations. And I've seen people that they think if they get a new tattoo that they'll feel better. And so about every time you see them, they have a new tattoo. And they're putting all of their self-worth into what's on their skin. 
And so I see an awful lot of people that are very stressed out that really don't know who they are. And I think it's really important that a person knows who they are. Because if you know who you are, then you know what you're like and what you'll do. And I think that a lot of people really don't know who they are. They identify with the music they listen to or the television shows they watch or movies or the movie stars that they like. They identify with other people's work or other people's lives. But you ask them, well, what do you do? Well, I sit on the couch and watch movies all day. Okay. And they'll tell you all about the movies and all about the stars and how much money they have and how good they are. But what about them? See, I don't put any stock into Hollywood or any of the trappings, and I'm an entertainer. Maybe that's why I don't put any stock into it, because I know that they're just normal people until they get out there and get a little weird. What I'm trying to say is, is you have to know who you are. And I like to think of it this way. You'll really know who you are and what you're made of. If you're stranded a hundred miles from anywhere, you have no money, no food, no water, no clothes, nothing. You're a hundred miles from anywhere and the weather's cold. You're going to really find out what you're made of and who you are at that point. I know that I can be very confident and tell you that if I was in that situation, I'd sure suffer, but I would survive because I know my capabilities. I know who I am and what I am, warts and all, good and bad. I never try to deceive myself. I catch myself trying to deceive myself once in a while. I think that's just human nature. But if you keep things real, you're much better off. And that, again, will help with stress. So this world of stress seems to be encroaching on everyone's lives. And for us to thrive and not only just survive, we have to learn how to manage that stress. And after the break, I'm going to talk about more ways that we can manage our stress and when we can do that, we'll be more useful, not only to ourselves, but to our families and our communities. And never forget that we're supposed to be a beacon of light. We're not supposed to hide ourselves under a bushel basket. We're supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be salt. And it's really tough to show your light when you have this dark cloud of stress that's trying to overtake your life. And on the other side of the break, I'll pick up where I left off. And once again, Jim, I want to thank you for all that you've been doing to help me during these, these very busy days in Florida. This week again, I'm back working on the transmitter project for a couple of days and maybe be able to turn my attention to some other things next week. If it wasn't for Jim Calhoun, I would have a really difficult time in keeping all the programs coming. He he makes it a point 
and at no charge to to me or anybody to put these pieces together to help me with an edition of Truth to Ponder. And he's been doing it faithfully now for many, many weeks. If you've if you've enjoyed the ministry that he has, and you would like to get in touch with Jim Calhoun, you can simply email me. Use my direct email address, and I will forward your correspondence to him. And my email address is very simple, Bob, Bob at Truth, the number two, ponder.com. That's Bob at Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Once again, Bob at Truth, the number two, ponder.com. By the way, let me know if you get a chance to use that email address too. How are you listening to the program on shortwave radio as a podcast? If on shortwave or a domestic radio station, would you let me know which one, what time of day, what frequency? It's very important as we look toward the future of how we invest the ministry funds for airtime. Just want to make sure we're being good stewards. So, so just take a moment and let me know how you are listening. I'm not going to put you on an email list. I'm not going to bother you with any solicitations. Just let me know. That's all I ask. Now, if you can help us with the ministry to pay for the radio airtime, you can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. Our mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248 in Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's 32536. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. The Agag Principle. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. There was an evil king named Agag. King Saul of Israel was told to slay him and his family. Saul decided not to. And to use King Agag and his possessions to his own advantage. It was this sin that sealed King Saul's downfall. But why was this important? Or even why was it right to slay Agag and his sons? Well, the answer comes centuries later. The Jews are in Persia. A man named Haman rises to power. He comes up with a plan to exterminate the Jewish people. Haman was an Agagite, a descendant of Agag. This is the Agag principle, something crucial to learn. It's this. When you deal with evil or sin, you cannot let even a little get through. If you compromise with evil, the evil won't stop there. You compromise with sin, the sin's not going to stop. It's not going to be content. It's going to return and worse. Give it an inch, it'll take a mile. Do not negotiate with it. Don't make deals with it. Don't coexist with it. Don't do anything with it except destroy it. The only way to deal with sin is to destroy it. The only way to oppose it is total war. No prisoners. The only way is all the way. There's probably an agog in your life, not a person, a sin, something or something that's not right, a sin and evil and compromise. Stop negotiating with it. Stop giving it room. Stop allowing it. Stop living with it. You cannot let that agog go or it will ultimately seek to destroy everything you have. That agog has no business in your life. The sooner you get it out, the better. Total war, no prisoners. Give agog the boot. Ask for the agog secret. Now the free gift for you. The most incredible Mystery of the Temple Doors, Long Hidden, Now and Sapphire is guaranteed to give you the power of living a victorious life in God. All free. How do you get these gifts? Free. 
Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, my friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing. So I invite you to join me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of this world, salvation to five continents with over a billion people. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You literally can be responsible for blanketing the earth for 15 minutes of the gospel around the globe. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, you can write me direct. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying... Give Agag the boot, my friend. Shalom in Messiah Adon Olam, the Lord of all. Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome to part two of this edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm Jim Calhoun, sitting in today for Bob Bierman. And Bob will be back tomorrow with another great episode. I want to take this time right now to thank everyone who has written me and written Bob. We do really appreciate it. We really appreciate the input and the suggestions. And I really feel like we're all family, all the Truth to Ponder people, because it takes a special kind of person to listen to this kind of program. And I really feel that very few of the people that would even tune in to Bob Behrman's show are the people that are the zombies. I don't think that they really have that in their heart to seek out the truth. I think they're very comfortable where they're at with their head in the sand or, or as the saying goes, ignorance is bliss. And so they want to keep their blissfulness and be uninformed. And I think the truth to ponder audience is very informed. And so everyone that I've heard from on this program has been a very nice person and a very thoughtful person. So I want to just say a shout out to all of the great listeners of Truth to Ponder and just tell you very simply, thanks for listening. Now, the first part of the show, I talked about stress and how it's just eating everyone's lunch. And it is. There's lots of things that we can do to alleviate stress. Some people can get into meditation and yoga and things like that. Which is fine if it works for you. You need to do that. But I want to retouch on how I ended the last segment about rediscovering who you are. Each one of us, down deep inside, we're still that young kid, that kid that looked forward to life, that was wondering just what our life was going to be like and what we were going to make of ourselves. And we dreamed of being different things. We dreamed of having different occupations and different interests, different hobbies. 
we started fantasizing about all the things that we'd do and how we'd change the world. And then, unfortunately, life comes in and changes us all. All of a sudden, we look at the cold, hard facts of reality that, you know, I know that I'm never going to be an NBA basketball star because, first of all, I'm not too tall, and second of all, I, I couldn't make a basket if I tried. And so somewhere deep down inside, there's still this young child that is full of love and full of hope, full of wonder. And you can reconnect with that person because that person is there. It's just buried under tons of baggage and garbage. And a lot of that baggage we put there ourselves. But there are things that you wanted to do. I'm just going to pick an age arbitrarily. Let's say when you're 10 years old. There are things that you really wanted to do when you were 10 years old that by the time you got through high school and got married or got a job or went off to college or whatever you did, that dream just got totally buried. Now, maybe you can't resurrect all of your dreams as a child. But some of them you can. And I think that that's a very important thing to do is reconnect with the real you. The you that God made you before the world started to change you into who you are today. Now, I'm not saying you're bad because of who you are. Because we're all just a product of our circumstances and our situations. But before we were changed by that... Maybe some people would say tempered by fire, which I think is true. There's still that connection that we can make. So I think it's a very important thing to, I would say, meditate. And in a quiet time, when you're by yourself, rediscover that child inside of you. I'm not saying to act childish. I'm just saying reconnect. Because right now, to handle the stress, we need all hands on deck. That includes your conscious, your subconscious, and also that inner child. That total person has to be on the same page and has to be heading in the same direction. And hopefully it's a good direction. I guess what I'm trying to say is you have to ground yourself. Ground yourself as to who you are and what you are and accept that. You don't have to revel in it or put it in anyone else's face or anything like that. Just be yourself and accept it. Then I think your real self has to really connect with God. Because God knows you. He knows every fiber of your being. He made you. And he loves you. And you have to know that no matter what happens, you're loved. You're loved so much that God sent his only son to die for you. And so you have this massive love that our Heavenly Father just shines down upon you. That sometimes we can't feel because of all that junk and all that baggage. 
I think that's one of the main reasons that I say to reconnect with your inner child so you can learn how to unpile some of that junk. And I think you're going to feel God speaking to you a lot louder and clearer than you've ever had. Because lots of people just can't let go of things. And I know I'm one of them. It's really hard for me to let go of things. But when I see that it's harming me by not letting go, then it's pretty much a no-brainer. But sometimes I have to really see that it's going to harm me emotionally or physically or what have you before I change. But I think that that's something I need to work on is to let things go a lot faster than I do. But all this baggage adds to the stress. And so pray to God. Pray about this. Ask God to help carry the load or take the load from your back. And if it's something you need to repent over, repent and mean it. And don't walk down that road again. I think that'll really help a lot of people if they would just do that. Another thing I think you can do to relieve stress is to just go out for a nature walk. Even if you live in an inner city area in a big city, you can still find a park or find some place to go where you can look at God's creation and God's handiwork. And I don't think people are getting near enough sunlight. And I think people have a deficiency of vitamin D just because of that reason. They don't get enough sun. So go out on a nice sunny day. And if you can find a nice spot just to sit down on a park bench or a tree stump or spread a blanket out on the grass, watch the clouds, you need to do that because that's really life. That's really living. Now, I personally, I'm addicted to work. All I do is work, it seems like. But I really do enjoy working. And I've had lots of people tell me, you need to stop and smell the roses. And I tell them I do, and they don't believe me. But every day, I take moments, sometimes it's minutes, but most of the time it's just mere moments. But I take moments to marvel at God's handiwork and to try to feel connected with everything he's made because I am connected because I'm part of it. I'm just another one of God's creations and so are you. And I spend lots of time with animals and it's amazing how the animals can pick up when I'm stressed and when I'm not stressed, the animals are not stressed. When I am stressed, even if I don't say a word or get aggressive with them or anything with the cows, they know that I'm stressed the minute I walk out into the corral. There's a really big difference that you can see in their whole mannerisms because they can either smell it or sense it or something. They say that animals can sense fear, and I do believe they probably can. But I also think they can sense stress. I know that when I'm stressed out, I have a a mongrel dog called Grace, and I love her very dearly. And any time I'm stressed out, she comes and gets in my face and stares in my eyes. 
And also she watches over me. And when it's time for me to quit working, when I've worked too, when I've worked too long and too hard, Grace will come out and she'll sit in front of me and she'll keep in front of me. Even if I'm trying to walk forward, she'll get in front of me and sit down and look at me. And it took me about two or three weeks to figure out what she was doing. And she's saying, Daddy, that's enough. Time to quit. Let's go to the house. And so I started listening to this dog. I know this sounds kind of odd, but I found that when I use Grace's instincts and follow what God has put into her to tell me that I feel better. So when it gets to be 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night and I'm still out there moving hay or making something, doing some mechanic work or fixing fence or whatever I'm doing, she'll come out and she'll hunt me down and tell me, it's time to go to the house, Daddy. And so we have to learn to listen. And God speaks to us in so many different ways. No, I'm not saying God is speaking to me through the dog. I think the dog can sense when I'm getting tired. I think the dog can sense when I'm stressed. And the dog really does love me, and so she's watching out for me as I watch out for her. One of the things that we've lost as a society is getting together for block parties or social groups of any any kind, playing cards or making quilts or a cooking club or something like that. People with similar interests getting together and sharing their love for whatever their hobby happens to be. Seems like everyone's too busy with their nose in a cell phone or in a computer. And I really think that this technology is really harming us. Just a little story. A couple years ago, I got to perform for a wedding at the reception. And the reception lasted for three hours, did three hours worth of music. And there was a young man there that was probably 12 years old. And I've never seen anything like it in my life. As a matter of fact, it bothered me so much that it kind of ruined my whole evening watching this boy. He literally had this smartphone in his face so far, his nose was about one inch away from the screen. And then for three hours, he never even looked at anyone. He never looked at the bride or the groom. He didn't go get a piece of wedding cake. He didn't eat. He didn't smile. He didn't talk to anyone. And the reason I noticed him is because how close the phone was to his eyes. I thought, wow, that's going to ruin this kid's eyes. That is really, really way too close to have a screen to your eyes. So I picked up on him immediately. And one of my jobs as an entertainer is to read the crowd. So I'm constantly looking out to make sure I'm doing the right material. And so this kid happened to be right in front of me, about 10 yards away. So I couldn't miss him. I almost, I had to really fight the urge to go find who his parents were, to have him take that phone away from him. Because this kid is really harming himself. And so I know there are people out there that are so addicted that that's all they know how to do. And if you're one of those people and I've offended you, I'm sorry to offend you. It's just I'm trying to tell you 
that there is life other than the cell phone. There's life other than Facebook. That's not real. They say that on Facebook, people put up all sorts of things that they say that are happening in their, in their life that's good just to make other people jealous. That they will, let's say, embellish things to the point of ridiculousness. And so lots of people, they get depressed looking at Facebook because they think everybody has this great life all but them. But in reality, all these people that are posting all this stuff about their great life are just as unhappy and miserable as everyone else. And so we have to be grounded in reality. And you might say that I'm anti-technology, and I'm really not. It's just it has its place, but it does not need to replace your life. That's very stressful. So I would say get a hobby. Learn how to play chess or checkers, not on a TV screen, not on a computer screen, but get yourself a board game. There's lots of really fun board games. Rediscover those. There's lots of card games that are actually very fun to play. Rediscover it. Remember the old game back in the late 1960s called Twister, where you had this little mat that went on the floor, had all these different color dots on it. You'd spin the little spinner and it had a picture of your hand or your foot and what color you'd have to put it on. And so you'd be all contorted in all sorts of ways. And you'd have two people on there just contorted as all could be. And after a while, you just couldn't do it. You'd tumble down. Everyone would laugh and have a good time. That's real stress relief. No, I'm not saying to go out and buy an old game of Twister. I'm not trying to say that at all. I'm just saying that there are good times and good memories. And lots of older people seem to live in the past, and they think that their time is done. As long as you're taking a breath on this planet, now is your time, just as much as it was back when you were a kid. I know that pop culture really isn't aimed at anyone that's middle-aged or older. They don't market anything to the older people. But there are movies out there that there's all sorts of activities that older people can do to generate new memories and make new friends. And instead of adding more baggage, you're adding memories and friends. That's the way to live life. Now, if you attend a church, make sure that the church you attend is a Bible-believing church and not one of these woke churches, one of these churches that they've kicked Jesus out of the building, plug into a real Christ-centered, Bible-believing church. And if the church doesn't have any events, volunteer, create an event. There's lots of things that you can do to alleviate your stress and also live your life the way God intended you to live your life. Now, I don't want to tell people what to do. I don't want to tell them, I don't want to butt into their life and try to control anyone. I just want to point out that God made you the unique individual person that you are. So if you've placed your identity with some group, you're kind of missing the boat. Because God didn't create you to be part of a group other than to be part of the human race and part of God's family. 
God created you to be you. And so really find out who you are and really find out what makes you tick. Not what you think other people are going to want. I know lots of people listen to different music because they're told it's cool. And so they think that if they listen to that music, they're going to be cool, whatever cool is. And so there's many people out there that have not discovered what kind of music they really would love because they're too busy trying to be cool. And so I think another way to fight stress is to explore new things, have new experiences, try new foods, listen to several styles of music that you've never heard before. Now, I know one thing I like to do is listen to music on shortwave radio. Now, shortwave is not the best medium for music, for sure, because the atmosphere gives the music kind of its own little sound effects once in a while. But I get to hear music from all over the world, and you get to hear what different people's ideas of how to create a song. And me as a songwriter, that really intrigues me. I just love to explore other people's creativity, and that helps me grow. And I think that's the last thing I'm going to touch on, is growth. If you have stress, it's stunting that growth. So one of the ways to stunt the stress is to grow. So grow in your faith. Grow in your knowledge of God and God's Word and His plan for you. Learn new skills. Meet new people. Make new friends. Grow. We're living in a time of horrible contraction as far as inflation is taking our money, and so we have less money. People are stressed out, and so people are not reaching out like they used to because they don't want to get their head bitten off. Seems like people are more introverted, and all of that is contracting, and all of that does add to stress. So purposely grab the bull by the horns and start growing. But as I said, first grow your faith, then start growing yourself. Expand your horizons. Learn new things. Go new places. And I think that you're going to find that your stress is going to be less. And if you learn how to manage your stress, then it's not going to come destroy your life or make you uncomfortable in situations or makes you just totally introverted and a recluse. Because you don't want Satan to win. And Satan wants you to feel alone and defeated when you're not alone because God is with you and you're not defeated because we have victory in Jesus. And so just those two things alone is a good place to start to try to relieve stress. And I hope that you've got something from my message today because I was thinking about talking about something totally different. And as I sat down and turned on the microphone, you heard what God gave me. I had no notes, didn't have any preconceived anything what I was going to say about this topic. 
And I hope that it helps someone out there because there's lots of hurt in this world. But there's lots of love in this world. Look for it and you'll find it. And I'd really like to thank Bob Behrman for allowing me to have this time with his audience. I really love Truth to Ponder. I really love this whole show. I love Bob Behrman. And I love the Truth to Ponder audience. You guys are the best. And I appreciate all the contacts that you've given me and Bob Behrman. And so I'd encourage you to send Bob an email at bob at truthtoponder.com. Bob at truth, the number two, ponder.com. And I know he would appreciate it. And once again, I appreciate Bob allowing me this time. And so until next time, everyone out there, look for the love. It's there. You have to look pretty hard sometimes. Stay strong. Stay well. But most of all, replace fear with faith. And Jim Calhoun, I want to thank you again for another excellent program. I hope that many of you that listen to Truth to Ponder appreciate the the special effort that, that Jim has been putting in to help me during this very busy time in Florida. If you appreciate the programs that he does and the special ministry that God has given him and you want to reach out, you can contact me through through my email address, which is very simple. My address is bob at truth2ponder.com. That is bob at truth2ponder.com. And as I mentioned before, and I want to remind you again, just trying to get a good idea of how you listen to the program Truth to Ponder. Are you one that listens as as perhaps a podcast? Are you listening on shortwave radio? Are you listening on domestic radio? Be a great help to me to know how you listen. If you listen on KVOH, let me know. WRMI, let me know. Any other radio station or podcast and, and where, let me know. By the way, we have no control over any advertising you may hear on some of the podcast sites, just so you know. Now, as far, I'm not going to put you on an email list either if you should write me to tell me how you listen. If you can help us financially, though, for to pay for the airtime, if you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio and mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, that's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, that's number 3248, and the city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. Crestview, Florida, the zip code is 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, and the zip code is 32536. And I thank you in advance for you helping keep the ministry of Truth to Ponder on the air. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.